So we're at ICE uh, 2016, and I turned, I mean, I was attending the Aftershock panel, um, which you held today, and I did kind of say that it was the one year anniversary of Aftershock, because it had its kind of coming out party at uh, ICE last year, and then you kind of threw this look at me as if to say, no, we've been running a, you know, the birthday party's been and gone, but you know. Yeah, well, we started publishing in December, so last year would have been a couple months before we published. I guess we started, yeah, you're right. Our solicitations came out in September of last year, so yeah, I guess you can say yeah, it's our one year or October, close enough. So how's the baby done? Is it? Is it? I mean, I I certainly feel that it kind of started running pretty much the moment it got out of the, out of the yeah. Game. That was our whole intention. It's like you no, know, not to slowly make an impression to but just come out the door and just like bam, here we are. No, you have to notice this now. I mean, you made a statement of intent with the talent that you got involved at, exactly. that from that first. Exactly. Uh, but then again, you had that roller deck of all that experience. Uh, right, exactly. No, and, and again, we don't, we're not Marvel DC where we don't have the uh, library of characters to get your attention, so we have to have the library of creators. So the uh, first thing we started getting rolling is, you know, I went out and grabbed some of my friends, so Azarello and uh, Paul Jenkins and Garth and uh, uh, Warren and some other guys like that, one else. And, um, because again, we wanted to just make an impression, and then also, you know, not only just creatively, we went out and grabbed Mike Marks away from Marvel because say, hey, like let's just not make a big impression with our careers, let's make a big impression with our Terrell staff too. Well, I mean, okay then. So you're kind of attracting that name, those names, but then again, in this kind of market where you are wanting to create a big impression and you're wanting to create a new uh, imprint, how on earth? What was the pitch like to actually say, okay? This is our statement of intent. I mean, was it easy enough to bring to, to convince sure, sure. them? Yeah. Well, well again, I mean, was, was it more a case of off your own experience? It's, it's and a lot of the guys we grabbed to be start you know, are people I've worked with on and off for twenty years. So I have had a long term relationship with. So it's very easy to go to one of my friends and say, "About hey, here, we're starting this new company. Come do what you want to do. Here's our mission statement. Here's how we're um, approaching this, and uh, you want to be involved." And, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty easy actually. Yeah. So um, and then when uh, Mike Marks came on board, I know shortly, um, you know, he brought his Rolodex with him. Uh, so we, we grabbed the Marguerite Bennett, who I give him full credit for, and the Dara Hines and um, you know the Ray Fox and a few other people as well. Uh, and he brought what well, he advantage he brought to the board that I didn't really have is his Rolodex of all these great artistic talents who were in you know, Oak either up and coming or people he worked with at DC or Marvel. Uh, you know, my Rolodex for artists are probably about 20 years old. I'm not saying those aren't good artists, and you know, we've got a few, you know, really good ones. Like, you know, Phil Hester, for instance, he's doing Warren Ellis's book. And also we will write a project for us later on down the line. Um, so I had those guys, but he had the, I guess, the, the fresher, newer talent. And so even with the careers I helped bring in, you know, Mike was right there and say, how about this artist for this book? So we had a very good relationship and a very good uh, compatibility as far as you know, our capabilities of what to bring in and who we like and stuff like that. Was it a case of um, the, I mean, because the, the writing talent is so strong. Was it a case of the talent determining which artists they were going to work with? I mean, were, were they cherry picking? No, uh, we, from... we basically, I'm looking back, I can't say there was an artist attached to a project that came to us. I, I might be wrong, but. Uh, for instance, like, you know, you know, say I brought Ron, Brian Azarello in, and uh, Mike goes, well, how about Juan Doe, like a per person he's worked with before, it'd be great for this. And uh, yeah, it was a, a match made in heaven. Or, um, you know, so as I say with Garth, when we were doing Dream Eagles, 
Garth and I sat down and uh, talked about different artist possibilities, and we might approach one or two. I know it's all also depends on their availability as well, because we want to have the great artists, but the problem with a great art, a really popular good artist, is that they're good for and they're popular for a reason. That means they're working. Mm. So, uh, so sometimes you know the first choice we might have had, we couldn't get because in plus exclusive deals at Marvel and DC. Um, but I'm very, very happy with the people we did choose, eventually choose. So I know Garth had a big hand in helping pick out the guy. Well, so it's funny, me and Garth both thought of Simon Colby the same day. I thought independently from him, and uh, so we got together to talk about it. He goes, I thought, so I thought of that guy too. Let's contact him, you know? <laughs> Excellent. Um, when it comes to the, re the reception of uh, Aftershock, I think it's gone down incredibly well, yeah. purely off the back of the, the, the reaction of the books. But have there have been any surprises for yourself in terms of any of the, the way that the books have been re received? Are there any that you thought were going to be absolute surefire, Eisner award winning, or Eisner nominated books? Um, admittedly, straight out the gate is a bit optimistic, but no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> was, was there any that you felt that um, didn't quite get the shot that you felt at the Yeah, there, there are some books that didn't get the sales we thought they were good. Actually, you know, I would say that when we first started, I was a little surprised the resistance by retailers to order our first run of titles, mm -hmm. even with the store power we had, I expected you know be higher. So there's still that up to that uh, it's, it's optimism. Yeah, it's no, not optimism. That's not it's the word. Um, expect, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> we're, we're both <laughs> coming up short. Now. <laughs> we both know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, uh, uh, I think retailers have been burned too many times when new companies come out saying, "Here's what we promise," and then see what they deliver. Uh, so retailers are a little reluctant to. Um, trust a new company until they prove they can do what they say. Yeah. So, but I think, uh, I just use Animosity, which just came out last month as an example. I think Animosity is, it's going to fourth print in the first month. So uh, it, it's exceeded everything we thought it would do. Uh, and obviously what the retail thought it would do, it's just been a big hit. And, that, and I can see the result from that, where the Alters came out this month and their sales were great. Well, and, I mean, well, yeah. yeah, let's talk about those yeah. two books because while year one, of, I mean, it can be just called as year one of, sure. uh, of Aftershock. Um, it, had, it was such a strong year and full credit to all the titles and the creatives involved in those titles. And it, did, it has felt like it's, you've started off pretty much foot down from the moment you left the gate. But now it's just been cranked up to 11. In not only the um, terms of um, critical response to animosity, but also the... Um, the, the, the controversial elements of a book like Alters, which, as we were talking about in the, in the panel, that's not so much uh, a case of the book creating the, uh, the controversy, more external forces creating that right. controversy. But it's still very much a case of Aftershock pushing to, over to, uh, to up to 11. Was that kind of like determined by those books? Or could these books have been released? over the last 12 months, or is now the time, no, uh, one year into it? I think it's just a coincidence when the timing, yeah. release-wise. Uh, these books were ready to go day one, we would have gone forward with these books day one, because we both believe, we believe in the stories sure. and the projects. Uh, it just so happens that they were pitched to us later. And my Paul Jenkins was doing the Alters now, his first project was Replica. And, um, and we all loved Replica, that was a great book. Um, and then just then the follow-up to that, well, here's this other book I want to do, Alters. And same thing with, I know, with Marguerite, she pitched Animosity to start, would have jumped on it. Hmm. Instead, no, she didn't, and she pitched uh, Insects, which we, we jumped on. And, um, but I, I think actually the timing for these books are better, and because now I think we've, we've gotten that next uh, bump up, uh, that um, retailer 
uh, are starting to trust us more and fans as well or getting to hear more about our titles and checking out our newer issues. So I think one thing we've done smartly is to slow down uh, our releases for number ones to try to only focus on one a month as opposed to saying, like in April last year, we put out three new titles in number ones. We had a $1.99 um, first issues for, you know, for uh, Rough Riders, Jackpot, and Black Eyed Kids. And, uh, and that, that worked to an extent too, but that's three in one month. Uh, uh, looking back now, we didn't have a new release in May. We probably should push one of those back to May. Um, and then, but now it's like we, by allowing all our PR and our focus on animosity in August to see what that effect that's done, you know, and uh, all our focus on PR on Alters in September, you know, that's done same thing, that same thing with Warren Ellis in October. Um, you know, with uh, Alters, it was, it debuted, announced in the New York Times, you know, with Warren Ellis, it debuted and announced in the Washington Post. We were getting that penetration to that, that type of marketplace, mm. and again, looks like just focus on the one title. It's, I see the sales results, sure. so that's the smart thing to do. Well, okay, let's uh, let's talk about your own work uh, for Aftershock then. Let's talk about Black Eyed Kids. Just how big a John Wyndham fan are you? Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, um, not really. I mean, I, I, I'm not even sure I know who that is. Uh, Midwich Cuckoos, uh, which I think you refer to as a village of the damned. Oh, you see, I've never even seen that. The only no, reason I, I have that... Um, that uh, I guess contents text is because somebody's brought it to my attention. Oh, right, okay. So I'm it was, aware it was, of it. It was, it was sure, coincidence, pure coincidence between the two. Yeah, I'm aware of it, but I, I had never seen them before. Uh, the Black Eyed Kids you know, basically came to me because it, it's an urban legend. Mm. So if you Google it, I guess I shouldn't give them you know, all the... <laughs> you Google all the credit. <laughs> if you search online uh, under <laughs> Black Eyed Kids, you'll find you know, page upon pages of actual uh, people who claim to have actually witnessed these black eyed kids or had experience with black eyed kids. Uh, they've been on, I know, Ancient Aliens on the History Channel had a, a segment about it, and, which I hadn't seen, so I started writing the series either. Uh, apparently, it's been to you know, films, no independent films about it as well. And I had never heard of the black eyed kids, and it's been a bunch of, I, I know, 20 odd years. So I was just on Facebook, perhaps going scrolling through you know, my homepage, and I saw something about. Uh, 50 urban legends from 50 states. So I said, oh, that's fascinating to me, so I'll check it out. And one state of mine in Iowa um, said Black Eyed Kids. I'm like, what the hell is that? I've never heard of this before. So then I started looking it up. I said, this is so creepy. <laughs> this is so spooky. I have to write a story about it. Uh, and so that's where it just basically came from. There's actually a book out called Black Eyed Children, uh, a, a writer and author named David uh, Weatherly. Um, he's written a book about the grill. Know, experiences and he sent me a copy of that when my book came out and so we've been chatting I think I've asked I've asked David now saying would you want to put like a, a page or two in the back of the issues and you can talk about real events people will start following the urban legend of it as well well a number of the books that you've released on Aftershock have had limited runs they are self-contained stories is Black Eyed Kids one of those or is it something that you can you do see no, as, a, as an evolving it is, story I see it as an evolving I see it, it can run for years that's on sales support. Have you, have you got um, a, a, that in mind? Have you got where uh, the, yeah. the, the roadmap? I have the roadmap. I know uh, it's. I have the roadmap, but there's you know, a lot of you know, rest stops along the way you know, that you know, get filled in that I'm not thinking about now. Yeah. Um, but I know where it's going to end up, and I know kind of where I'm going with it. Um, but I, even when I'm writing scripts um, or playing something, I like, for instance, for issue seven. Uh, I had an idea for mine for seven, and then I said, well, oh, oh, this is a great, I gotta write this note now, I have for issue eight. And then next thing I know, I've written the whole issue out. I went, 
oh, this, but that, and seven car, I like that, you know, better. And then I, so I flipped the issues. Yeah. Um, and even when I'm writing a scene, like recently, I was writing a scene in seven, and I had in my mind this one scene, one page, and I had plotted out that way. And then next time I know I've written three pages because it, it took a turn as I was writing it. Um, so to me, that's, that's, that's fun to me. Yeah. So, so I don't have everything, I do have an outline. I do know here's my, you know, my beats. But also at the same time, as I'm writing it, they don't always say the same. Something else comes up and it writes itself. Yeah. And that's fascinating and fun to me. Was it a book that um, you had an idea for before Aftershock got full, uh, yeah. formed? Actually, or, it is, yeah. Or was it something that came after the... No, it was before. It was probably a few years ago. I started you know, writing on the ideas for it. And uh, actually, I pitched it to a couple of companies with uh, Michael Gatos, uh, who was a co-creator uh, Jesse Jones and Alias. Uh, it was going to be attached to it. Um, but the reality is that you know, um, it got turned down a couple of places. But every time I get, it got turned down, I look and go, well, why did this get turned down? And okay, I see, maybe I did that wrong. Mm. And so by the time we got to Aftershock, uh, I was probably my fourth draft of it, and it's so much better than what the original one was. Because I mean, it actually was good that it got turned down here and here, because it made me relook at it and change right. stuff. And then, so what originally started at it is not where it is today. And so, and then Michael, you know, his schedule, you no, know, kept changing. You know, we could never work the schedule out for him. And so when Simon fell into my lab, uh, which has been a perfect uh, match for me, because I love his stuff and he's, he, he hits that mood that I want and uh, he's great to work with. And so again, at the end of the day, you know, three years ago when I first started it, it was with this, today it's that, and it's, it's better today. It's still, yeah, yeah so, okay. So I'm not, I'm not upset about getting turned down before because now it's become a better project. Uh, I think the, the concern I had when I saw the talent roster for Aftershock was it was so strong straight out the gate. At which point you then start talking and thinking about some um, longevity and how right. the, the 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 titles and how the uh, the company is going to maintain that kind of uh, release strength. Where is aftershock at the moment, and uh, what's on the future? What's on uh, on the horizon? Oh, we we have some <laughs> nice stuff coming up. Um, again, we we did the animosity alters shipwreck back to back to back. The November, December, and probably January. We're we're not releasing any new projects there. Um, we're gonna let these build up. And then February, um, February on and through the summer, it's, we got some really, really nice projects. Um, <laughs> they're not announced yet, so I really can't okay. go into details yet. But, um, Is it with talent that we've seen on the roster already or are we talking new um, One guy uh, who did a limited series for us to start the company uh, is coming back with another project. Um, and then it would be a modern based project, so we're excited about that one. Uh, I'd be part of guess who it is. But, <laughs> I think, um, yeah. Um, and then there's a project in February I'm really excited about where we actually bring a superstore artist in on a project that we haven't had for this before. Um, and it'd be his return to do a, a monthly series. So I'm excited about that as well. And that'll get announced pretty quickly. And then there's um, two more very strong writers. Um, one has two projects with us, and one has one. Who we're also excited about bringing to the team for the first time. And then there's a, another really. <laughs> I'm being very vague. So I know. Uh, you, you, you're being very vague, but there's uh, lots of vague, there's lots of stuff to be vague about. Mate. And there's another uh, rising exciting. star uh, who's had uh, a couple of really you know strong hits in the independent marketplace, uh, and now is doing going to be doing major stuff with uh, one of the big twos. Uh, Lisa's new book we're probably going to be putting out in April 
And then come the summer, um, there's going to be a big major, um, okay. multi-major thing Fair going enough. on. So. Okay. And we're all meeting together in November about that, so I didn't get that planned out. Cool. Um, when you came, or when Mike came last year, uh, he was very much encouraged by the reception that uh, the titles were getting, but also by the talent that were coming up to him at the, uh, the tables. Sure. Have you been able to um, bring any new talents from your uh, portfolio reviews at conventions like this? Coming over to the U UK, has it been worth it? And meeting the people you've met. No, it's always worth I, I met uh, a young lady today who I thought was a you know, really talented inker. Uh, we haven't used a lot of inkers so far, but um, two of our next projects are using inkers, so uh, I gave her my car and said, keep in touch with me. Um, Mike's been really good at finding that new young artist and talent. And actually, uh, I'll give Mike credit for the, um, for uh, Marguerite for one thing, who was up and coming at the time. And for the next one we're bringing up, this is our two projects, um, two creators that Mike brought in who's Rising Stars, and he picked them out early, and he was right both times. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess my forte is bringing in the established talent. Um, you know, Mike's you know, 20, 25 years of relationships. Uh, I don't do a lot of portfolio personally. I'm doing it here. Yeah. So I'm hopeful I'll find some, you know, a next Will you dra star? drag Marguerite to sit next to you and just like, yeah. <laughs> well, like even, <laughs> with, <laughs> even with the artist on Marguerite's book, uh, Raphael De La Torre, uh, he was artist on Super Zero, and he was uh, pretty much unknown uh, that got sent to us, and uh, just saw his portfolio. So I was like, you know, that's a good guy. Let's get him real quick. And okay. we're very happy with Super Zero. And so when we're looking for artist animosity, Super Zero number six, they just ended, and well, actually hadn't even ended yet. It's like, this, it won't wrap you up to keep working, so yeah. he would be great for this. Okay, I mean, my, my site obviously is very much concentrated on cons and con culture, so I have to, I'll wrap this up uh, with a question about um, your presence at cons um, in terms of what you have done and what you're planning to do, because what we have seen from Aftershock is small booth um, appearances, table appearances. No panels as such at many um, conventions. Is that going to be something that you're going to be leading on to? Yeah. And can we see you at San Diego uh, next year? Well, funny, we've been at San Diego the last two years, we just haven't had a booth there. And, yeah. and, and that's really not necessarily because we didn't want to have one, but San Diego is like a, a three, four year waiting list. Yeah. Man. So we couldn't come right in and get a booth right away. Um, we do have a booth in New York Comic Con this year. Uh, we're, we're not looking to spend a lot of money on gigantic booths uh, yeah. that benefit you for you know a weekend We're, we rather invest that money into our creative talent and sure. our project um so yeah we'll probably stay with a smaller booth size because it just makes more sense financially um because again i a weekend <laughs> i would want to spend you no know, 10 grand or 20 grand a weekend i want to put that towards, towards some the cool books, books yeah. you know so um but like in the near comic-con uh we have garth Ennis doing his only appearance at the show on saturday doing the signing for us uh I believe we do have a panel in New York Comic Con. Nice. San Diego, we didn't get one in time. Um, but no, smaller shows, I think our focus has been the more mid-range shows like Heroes Con or I just did Baltimore Con last weekend and that was by far the best reaction and show we've done financially and personally yeah. that we've done it at all, which was just phenomenal. 
Um, I think you'd have done very well at this con if you'd have brought some books with you, because <laughs> uh, that was something that was uh, decidedly... Uh, we'd be then again, I'm also a little bit disappointed in Mr. Martz, because he did say he was going to be bringing some t-shirts over, oh, yeah, including I, one for myself. I, so, well, yeah. I should have known. I mean, if I had known that, I'd brought you one, because I have all the t-shirts. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Joe, thank you very much. No problem, no problem. Thank you. Thank you.